right. Good day, everyone. My name is Vince Hawkins. And I'm Bill Molden. And this is the Vince and Bill Show. If only we had a theme song. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I think the, uh, someone, uh, Kathy Rosario, said this is podcast number 13. So we've been at this wow. for almost three months now, man. Can you believe that? Man, I can't. Yeah. Well, and uh, for something that kind of came up as, uh, you know, we should have. Yeah. Uh, and to see where we're at now. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we we really did have in mind. We just wanted to uh, give everyone that uh, is a part of our church uh, looking to grow in their leadership, looking to grow in their preaching and teaching, uh, to give them an, uh, just kind of a some insight into what's going on in behind the scenes and the approach to a sermon, but also to give some little extra nuggets that you just don't have time to hit in every sermon. And we also found a nice new toy that was just sort of laying around a building and we thought we would play with it. And, and actually we have a lot that. of fun. We have a lot of fun doing this. It's great working with you, brother. Bro, love um, it. You know, Bill, this morning, and if you have not already listened, Click below and get this morning's sermon on Indivisible. We are in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Bill was preaching on Hebrews chapter 4, verses uh, really read 1 through 6, specifically 4 through 6. But the title of your sermon today was Indivisible. And I'm just, you know, obviously this is a a sermon about unity. um, But I love the setup. You just talked about what a great time for us to talk about unity couldn't be a better time for us considering the unrest we're dealing with in our country the talk about injustice in our country right a time when we're going through a pandemic which honestly has you know for better or worse right or wrong it has definitely caused us to be a little bit more distant from one another the potential exists now more than ever for us to be more fearful of one another to be more distant from one another and to not be as connected sure sure yeah and we we're actually in ephesians yeah. uh and did uh, i say another book <laughs> you said hebrews okay that's uh, a good book too <laughs> hebrews uh, is great and maybe he was prophesying about 2021 <laughs> uh but right now we're in we're in ephesus and i think yeah. You know the thing that it, uh, I I love about the history of this uh, this time uh-huh. is that really we were at a a pinnacle in Roman society where you have a very defined Roman culture mm-hmm. rubbing mm-hmm. up against a very kind of insistent, persistent. They were not going to give an inch culture uh, with Israel. And in some ways that's why God chose Israel. That's right. That's Uh, right. But then when you kind of throw in this, how different their mindsets are. Yes. Uh, and you know, honestly, when I was reading the, you know, the Greek mindset, you know, it was like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we were joking before we got on here how you know I kind of I kind of made all these comments about Greek culture and then did a very Greek reading of the very passage, <laughs> <laughs> broke it down, explained everything as a good Western Greek based <laughs> mindset would do. Well, I love that that you did talk about the contrast between the cultures, and we're talking about the Greek culture and the Hebrew culture, and just the history you gave. You know when the when the Romans right, which you know when they when they when they overthrew any government, smaller government, lesser government, you might right. say, the the benefits that came along with that, but that the Jews, you know, the Hebrews, they were the most difficult for the Romans to deal with because 
they just were not going to give up. No, they had one Their culture God. easily, yeah. Yeah, they had one God. They had one book. Yeah. And, uh, and praise God. I mean, God used that nation That's right. to bring about the Messiah. And if they didn't have that, if they had had assimilated in any sort of way, yeah, uh, we'd be telling a much different story. Good point. Uh, you know, but what what this what the Book of Ephesians I think does for us is it allows us 21st century Western thinkers, yeah, to r- also rub up against uh, a first century Hebraic culture, which then challenges us. That's but, right. but it was the same challenge in the first century as it is for us now. So the the Greek readers that were getting the book of Ephesians when it was actually a literal letter would have had some of the same struggles in their impulses as as uh, you know uh, the readers today. Yeah, and I love I love that because you even hear it in Paul's. And Paul's use of pronouns, you know, because he'll say us. Yeah. And he's not talking about we, the church. He's actually talking about us Jews. Yeah. And then he'll say you being you guys weren't even close to God. You, had, right. you didn't have a hope at all, but Christ. And then you see this melding of mindsets. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just think it's important as we read the Bible, if we if we understood its Eastern origin a little bit better, we we would focus more on our hearing than our sight. We yeah. would focus on wisdom rather than the the ideology of it. Yeah. We, we would we would try to figure out how to live it, not by breaking it down into its sums, but how do we walk as if the story is a hundred percent true. Yeah, that cooperative versus winning, that yes, belonging that huge. versus status. I appreciate you bringing it up, and then I love that you were, you know, the application for us today is obviously we're in a time right now, you know, twenty twenty one. Uh, almost September 2020, we've had a great deal of unrest. The issue of, uh, you know, we're in a very divisive time, right? Your sermon is indivisible. We're in a divisive time. We are coming up on an election. Uh, You know, elections always are divisible times. I think if you're young, you think this is the most divided time ever in history. It's actually not. It's um, true. It's not the most divided time. It's not even the most divided time in my lifetime, but a divisive time nonetheless. And of course, you throw in uh, the racial conflict, the racial tension, which is always right beneath the surface, which we've been talking about at length during our sermons and during this podcast. But just being able to connect the division that the Jews and the Gentiles were facing what we're dealing with today. I thought you did a great job of sort of bringing that into our current context. So, Amen. Amen. So thank you for that. Um, but the big, big, I say overall lesson, I think, you know, here was you talked about the one, right? And I tell you, never before had I seen the seven ones that you brought out today. And uh, Bill did a great job today just you know, in that passage, you know, the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism, the one God and Father of all, of all who is over all, through all, and in all. He really just talked about how in that he listed the seven ones. I thought maybe, Bill, you can just sort of tell us how you, how did you come to that? Um, you know, because you talked about obviously the, the seven representing a completeness, you know, 
it was masterful. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and you know when you when you appreciate the the education of Paul. Yeah. And the fact that this guy was a certified rabbi. Yes. Yeah, you know, one of the top scholars coming out of the school of Hillel, uh, you know, star pupil of Gamaliel. Um, and, and so when you, when you, when you see him kind of bring out what was probably at this point, a creed that every disciple in the first century knew. Okay. But when you realize that this was coming out of a very Jewish origin, Mm. you know, this is, this is a Jewish Christian's response to how do I explain to people who we are and what we're all about? God is one, you know, you have the, you have, you know, the the Shema of, mm. of Israel. Mm. What's the Christian Shema? Mm. And so you have these seven ones. And of course that, uh, that for them, seven was the number of completeness. That's sure. God's number. Uh, and I, I always, I always liked this idea because he, he was talking about, cre- you know, God, had, God did all this to create a new humanity. Okay, so what are the building blocks of that humanity? Good. If the number was six, right. it would be man's number. This That's would right. be a work of men. In fact, you can almost kind of go to if if a church or a faith of a body of faith doesn't work, I can tell you why. They don't have all seven ones. Mm. Very good. Because when you add one to six, mm. it becomes seven. And Amen. these are the seven things we have. We've got to have as a body, as a family, as a temple, uh, all the great illustrations of the church that he uh, uses in the book of Ephesians. Uh, so important. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't really come to that. I just have been, uh, have been just exposed to so much first century Jewish heritage. I've, yeah. I've had a chance to, to really wrestle with, uh, with some of their early writers and they referred to this as nice. almost a uh, kind of a every candidate of uh, for baptism uh, would speak allegiance to these seven things. Oh, awesome! Yeah, you know. And uh, in fact, uh, in the '90s, there was a large body of scholarship that looked at the first uh, uh, first three chapters as this is the baptismal candidate's handbook. Oh, nice. Uh, now again, it's funny that was in the '90s. Uh, we had some other things get dug up and sure, some other sure, scholars sure. kind of lean in. Yeah. N.T. Wright kind of brought in the new perspective. Yeah, kick uh, over another rock. Yeah, it kicked over <laughs> another rock. And now we're like, oh, no, it's way deeper than just that. <laughs> yeah. But there but there was a familiarity to this. The brilliance of Paul is that he took something that was very familiar right, and, and plops it down into this very tangible, you don't have to work. In order to get the unity, yeah, you have to follow. You have to get behind these ones. Yeah, it's really important. Piggybacking off, we talked about last week. You know, you're doing everything to keep the unity of the spirit. Not that it's something that we have to build or create, or which is very Western or Greek exactly. of us. Exactly. We got to build it. We got to create it. We got to get to work on it, and all of this. You know what? The spirit God has already done the work right he's already completed the work and so we need to keep it sort of get in step with it and you know and you did what we, we you've talked about i love you did a brief little discourse on how the lord is the shepherd as you kind of went through each of the characteristics each of the seven you went through each of them you talked about jesus being lord but not lord in a sort of um 
you know, barking kind of way, not Lord in a an abusive way, but Lord as a shepherd, yeah. leading the sheep from behind, right? And, and 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 coaching them from behind. So I love that point. One, if you want, you, you would expand on that because it was a really great discourse. You want to listen to the sermon, but you also want to hear this. Go, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I think again, it um, and, and Paul Paul really sets us up for this by you know kind of placing us under this certain destruction. We by nature are objects of wrath. Right. Actually, sheep is a promotion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to be a sheep is way better than being an option. Good point. Uh, uh, object set up for destruction. Sure. But I, I love the fact that uh, Paul is very careful. If you're reading this chapter by chapter, verse by verse, like we're doing, you you know how God feels about you at this point. Yeah. And so when he starts laying on the idea of these ones, you kind of you ask the question: Well, if there is only one Spirit, if there is only one Lord, and there is only one God. What's he like? Yeah, and and then you and then you kind of remember his, you know, God is a father. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. That's right. You know, the Spirit is my comfort. That's right. Uh, wow, what a what a powerful thing! And so I I literally thought uh, as uh, as I was kind of setting up the sermon, I really need to bring in this nature of of lordship because when you are talking about one, it's easy to feel. Like we're picking sides. Yeah, yeah. It's it's easy to read this passage and kind of go, who needs to hear this? Right. Instead of letting the spirit really kind of come and kind of go, wait, this I got a message for you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think trying to put put this in the context of this is a shepherd speaking from behind the herd. Yeah. You know, there's only one, guys. That's right. There's only one body. You're one herd. You're one one flock. You know, there's only one spirit, which, by the way, that was another, uh, a Greek person separates the spiritual from the physical. True. But the Hebrew person goes, there is no physical without spiritual. That's a very good That's, point. Which is why Paul puts, there's one body and one spirit. That's Those right. two are grouped together. Amen. Um uh, you know, but but I I, I do think uh, I do think the the idea of we we f- we get behind the one who decided to be a shepherd of our souls. Yeah, and this this is the voice of the shepherd, kind of reminding us there's only a few things that will really overcome all the obstacles. If we devote ourselves to these things, mm-hmm. we end up glorifying the one. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's good. And but you did, you know, just I, I go back to this because I, I can't express enough how important this uh, this is. I mean, we're talking about a God who was after making one new man or one new humanity, and uh, we were talking about this beforehand. Just there is something that I mean that just should stop us in our tracks, right? That. That God in everything he did in these seven ones, his goal was to create one new humanity. I think the difficulty becomes when we want to go back, right, to that past way. We're constantly being drugged back to, you know, no, 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 no. I'm a Greek. No, I'm a Jew. Right. No, I'm black. No, I'm 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 Irish. No, I'm <laughs> I'm you know we we the world constantly wants to find the the big 
and little ways that we are different. Exactly. And exactly. wants to major in those ways and give us a story or give us a narrative, you know, that frankly is more divisive, that is more, more, you know, that creates more conflict, more frustration, more anger, which is how I believe our enemy works. Absolutely. Right? So I love that where God is constantly saying, listen, I'm creating a whole new humanity. Okay. It's a new humanity. It's something you have never seen or experienced before. Because yeah. You have to follow. You have Amen. to follow the shepherd. You have to listen to me because I am, I am doing something. Well, Jesus says I am making all things new. Amen. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, I think uh, for the listeners, we're literally taking the words right out of Ephesians chapter 2, 14 through 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and again, this is, you know, this is a passage we, we, man, we, we beat this thing. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, yes, we're like, we and another thing about this one passage, <laughs> and another thing about this one passage. In fact, we could have stayed here for the rest of the year. Exactly. But, but really kind of the big goal out of this is, uh, is Paul's words, which I think the NIV translated this perfectly. Mm. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. Amen. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross uh, by which he put to death their hostility. Amen. I mean, that is his purpose purpose that's right you know and so when you kind of go well what what is it all about uh i think this is the that's what the seven ones are aiming us to that's right and i think any discussion uh going forward as we as we become better active listeners as we've become better at uh uh uh, conflict resolution as we start to become better healers this new humanity is god's vision yeah, and these seven ones are the thing that bring us a, just. This is what puts us right behind the one. That's right. That's it, right, and allows us to add glory and value uh, to the kingdom. I think it's even. I mean, it, it, it. But it is. It is our purpose, right? This yeah. is our God-given destiny. This is what God is calling us through to. Uh, more than anything else, I think if if you're looking for purpose in your life, if you're wondering what God has on the horizon, I think this is it. God says, listen, I'm telling you, it was about making one new humanity. This is what it was all about. This was this was this is the culmination of it all. This is why I sent my son. And so I love that being drawn back to that. I think in this at this time, again, I can't say this at this time, Bill, what you preach today is what we needed maybe more than anything else. Amen. Indivisible. Amen. Indivisible. Anyway, thank you, Bill. Thanks for a great time. Brother, it's great partnering with you. Great stuff. Guys, hey, it's good to be with you. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. We look forward to you being back with us next week. Absolutely. Good day, y'all. Bye-bye.